The who, why, and how of theater we are making right now. An inside look at Barter Theater. A year-round repertory theater in Abingdon, Virginia. This is Theater Matters. This is Theater Matters. This is Theater Matters. This is Theater Matters. Theater Matters! Hello and welcome to another episode of Theater Matters. I'm your host, Kenny Davis, and I'm thrilled to be joined today by barter player Catherine Lyle. Welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you, Kenny. It's really great to be here. <laughs> so tell us about yourself and how you came to barter. Okay, well, like Kenny said, my name is Catherine Lyle. I'm a barter player here, and I am originally from Anchorage, Alaska, the last frontier. Uh, my family is still there. My boyfriend is still there. We A lot of my heart is still there. It was a beautiful place to grow up, and it was really full of creative people and theater. So I started my like theater journey kind of with community theater in Anchorage, and um, that was a really wonderful place for my theater journey to begin. Everyone kind of gave me a place there to start learning about myself and learning about theater and how it can really change your life and change the world. So I did that from the age of six all the way up through high school. And then I went to college at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. And I got my degree in theater and dance with a concentration in musical theater in the spring of 2016. And my senior year of college was a lot of auditioning, as it as you do when you're a theater major. So I spent kind of my whole senior year auditioning and auditioned at a theater conference called Updes, which if you've heard of that, that is the Unified Professional Theater Auditions. And I basically got on stage in front of hundreds of people who were potential employers and did what you call a 90-second package. So I... Got up there, said my name and my number, and did a little bit of a monologue and a little bit of a song, and that was all that anybody had to go on to know who I was and if they wanted to spend time with me <laughs> and pay me to do theater and, you know, all of that. So I got a call back from Barter Theater, and, you know, I remember walking in to the callback room and they have all of these lists up on the walls and it has the theater name and then your name under it or not <laughs> if you didn't if you didn't get a callback and i remember walking through and specifically i saw a barter theater and it like stuck out to me and i went up and looked at the list and my name was there under the callback list and even in that moment i had this weird overwhelming sense of like i think this is going to be the place where i end up. And so I had my call back and had my interview and I walked out of that room just so knowing that this is where I wanted to be and this is where I ended up, which was amazing. So I am, my, uh, my barter journey started as a summer player. And then after that summer, I had an offer of coming back for the Encore Frosty Tour. So I toured with that for two months. And after that, I came back for the Encore production of Amelia Earhart. And during that same time, I did the main stage production of Midsummer Night's Dream and then Mamma Mia, the remount. 
which I worked on as a dresser backstage the first time around, so already knew the show. <laughs> then I continued my journey as a 15-month, year-long player, and that brings us up to date. <laughs> That's where we are now. <laughs> Very good. So why does theater matter to you? Okay. So theater matters to me for so many reasons. Theater is really kind of my heart and soul. I live and breathe it in a way. Um, it just brings me so much joy and fills me up. And I'm so lucky to be able to do it every single day. A big reason I think theater matters to me, and I think theater matters to a lot of people, but something that I notice and love about it is the gathering that occurs in theater. I just think it's kind of crazy that a bunch of strangers walk into a place that is then darkened. You sit next to each other and watch a bunch of other strangers all dressed up tell you a story. And there's this magic that happens during that hour or two hours that you're sitting in that theater with all of these people, all of these strangers, where you laugh together or you cry together and you go on this journey together and you start to love these people on the stage and, and, and in turn you start to kind of love the people around you. And um, I have a quote that I really love. I love quotes. Okay, great. Me too. <laughs> There's this quote that goes, this is the power of gathering. It inspires us delightfully to be more hopeful, more joyful, more thoughtful, in a word, more alive. Um, and that's by Alice Waters, who is an American chef and author. And I think that really encompasses what theater does for us, storytelling. It brings us more alive. It brings us more life and joy. And even if you walk into the theater, strangers, you know, you kind of walk out family. So that's why theater matters to me. <laughs> that's a great answer. Thank you. Right now, you're in the murder mystery Ghost Ghosts Come Out Tonight and the Barter Player production of Clementine the Musical. What is it like being in different shows for such different audiences? That is a great question. So in Ghost Ghost Come Out Tonight, I play Claire, who is very different than my characters I play in Clementine the Musical. I play in Clementine a little girl named Lily. I play some teachers, and I play a mom. And so I guess playing these different characters for different audiences is kind of, it's definitely a challenge, but also a real joy because I get the chance in one day to both scream my head off and chase a ghost and play this game in the woods and do all of these crazy things and have all this blood <laughs> and stuff while... In that same day, I get to tell a story of a mother's love for her daughter or friendship and the, the power of friendship and the power of empathy. And getting to tell such drastically different stories in one day to different people just means we, I get the chance to reach so many different people in one day with my storytelling um, that I have the chance to both connect with mothers in the audience or little girls in the audience while at the same time maybe later in the day making a bunch of people jump out of their seats and that's pretty special and pretty fun 
to do. In addition to that, what different responses and reactions do you, big differences do you notice from the audience, different reactions that you receive from them? I think there are similarities in the fact that both of these are heightened circumstances. One is a musical. One is a kind of a dark comedy, horror, scary movie-esque show. So there's a lot of similarities in that. But the circumstances are so different in each show that if you come to either one or both, you're going to have completely different experiences with each one. So in one, you might think that I am a really cool girl (laughs) and a really wonderful mother and, um, you know, you might want to hug me afterwards. And in the other one, you might want to run screaming from me. And I think that's, I don't know, that's a pretty cool thing. So in Ghost, Ghost, Come Out Tonight, your character Claire is in some very high-stakes situations, possibly life and death. Would you, Catherine, react in the same manner that Claire does in these situations, or would you react entirely different? Okay, so Claire is a very controlling person this character. She always needs to be in control in some manner, and her tactics for that are different depending on the person that she is with. And so in the situation that she is in, she decides that she needs to know what's going on. So she will ask people what's going on. She'll figure out a way to discover the truth, to uncover the truth of what has happened with this mystery. And I... Catherine would not do that. I would run away (laughs) in this situation if what happens in the play, which you'll have to come and see the play if you haven't to figure out what happens, what the mystery is. If that were to happen to me in real life, I can tell you all right now, I would run as fast as I could out of the woods, flag down a car, and get a ride to the police station. So... A frequent question that is often asked during talkbacks, so I'll ask it now so our listeners can get a good answer for it. How do you keep your characters straight? Sure. Yeah. The way that I keep my characters straight are from, I draw from the circumstances that I'm in. So in each play, in each show that I'm doing, I am in physically a different world. So a different set, you know, a different props a different name, uh, I have different clothes on, and that all helps to solidify where I am. So from show to show, that is a pretty basic first step on who I am and where I am, is my surroundings and you know what I'm wearing and that type of thing. The other part of that is each character that you play, just like each person in, in real life, um, has completely different thoughts different histories, different, you know, a different past, different parents, different experiences. You know, this character has different likes and dislikes than the other. Um, This character doesn't like the smell of cinnamon for whatever reason. So these are all things that as an actor, it's my job to discover about these people that I am playing. And through that discovery, I'm very easily able to identify who I am in each show, and even in shows where I'm playing several different people in one world. You know, in Clementine, I play Lily, who is a third grader. I also play Gladys Huffman, who is a kindergarten teacher. And I also play Clementine's mom, who 
is pregnant and has, has one child and is pregnant with another. And those are those shifts in that show are all very, very quick. But because if I've done my homework correctly, all these characters have such different inner lives that it's super easy and quick to slip in into each one. Yeah. Let's go into more detail about sure. playing different characters in one particular production sure. like you're doing in Clementine. So how do you establish the different voices, the different mannerisms, the different yeah. – you do this for each play you're in, but having to do it – like you said, on the spot, normally yeah. you're able to go in and just play Claire in Ghost Ghost. Right. And that's the only character you're playing for that hour and 21 minutes. Totally. As opposed to Clementine, you're playing three different people mm -hmm. in the span of an hour. So how do you differentiate those in your head in addition to also creating them too? Sure. So every actor works differently in how they create a, a life for the character that they're playing. I happen to be a particularly physical person, so I will start my discovery of this person that I'm playing with their physical life. So I'll see how they walk. I'll see where from what part of the body they lead when they're walking. Um, I will discover what they look like when they dance. Um, I'll discover the t different ways that they move their bodies, how they sit, how they walk, how they lay down, all those different types of things that we kind of take for granted in our everyday life because we just figure out how we do it, you know, how they gesture, all that type of stuff. So from there, from that physical life, I often am able to find how they might speak um, from what part of the body they speak from. And that sort of I often find, I never find myself needing to put anything on. At least that that's the goal anyway, you know. You never want to, I never want to put something on to a character to decide before the character is ready to show me who they are, you know. I don't want to decide who they are. That's That's a big thing for me anyway is discovering who they are, uncovering who this person is through these different techniques. So after the, finding the physical life, I will generally find the vocal life where they sit vocally and how they speak. Um, and that comes through the words that we're given, the material we're given. So I am able to find who this person is and what they, I'm given clues as to what they want and how they get it um, by the words I'm given by the playwright. Um, so the way I differentiate these characters over the course of one show is both as soon as I step on that stage, my physical life will be changed into what they are, the vocal life, but also the intention. So each character has their own intention, what they want, what they need, and how they're going to get it. And that's always very specific to who this person is. So while Lily is a third grader and she might run on stage because she really wants to know what they're studying in class today. And to do that, she's going to have to sit down and she's going to have to be quiet. That's going to be very different from mom who comes on stage and needs to know what how her daughter is from school. She needs to know that because her daughter is is calling her name and she wants to know why. Um, those are going to be totally different in her lives. And um, so all of that comes together to create these different characters and differentiate them in between kind of 
30 seconds worth of a, of a change, you know, from one scene to another. So you had the exciting yet daunting task of going on as the understudy in Footloose the Musical this summer. Please share that experience with us. Okay. Man, was that scary. (laughs) So players are often given understudy roles in main stage productions. So we will often be understudying several different characters um, at once while we might even be in the production with our own characters. So for Footloose, I was Eleanor Dunbar, who is uh, a a church lady and kind of the head of the town council. Um, And I also played several different other characters in different scenes um, as a, a dancer and a singer in the ensemble. So I already had my own track that I was playing, but I also knew that I was understudying Vi, um, the character that Hannah Ingram plays. Hannah got pneumonia. So we knew that she wasn't feeling very well, but nobody knew that she had pneumonia, not even her, until kind of very last minute she got the call that like she had pneumonia. And so I got a call um, in the morning and from our stage manager, Cindy, who told me, hi, Catherine. So you are, in fact, going to be going on for Vi tonight. And I said, OK. <laughs> um, um, I had never gone through the track because it wasn't it wasn't really necessary to the rehearsal process. Um, but so that <laughs> so that day was really crazy. We started a what we call a put in rehearsal where I go into a rehearsal hall and go through the whole show as Vi with whomever is able to from the cast, whomever is able to um, show up, whoever is available that day. So I had about seven hours to get this track up on its feet. And then we had a show that evening uh, in which I went on for Vi. And I, as although... (laughs) Although it was one of the scariest things I've ever done, it was also kind of one of the coolest things I've ever done because I was walking in to this new environment. Like every time she was in a scene, I was downstairs changing. So while I knew her scenes, I had never seen them. I, you know, I'd never been off stage when they were happening. So it was a completely different experience for me to be this different human in this different environment going through this story. It was really, really exhilarating um, while at the same time being very, very scary. Um, And folks had to go in for your role too. Right. For the other roles that you used to play. Right. So I wasn't the only understudy going on that night. Zoe Velling was my understudy for Eleanor Dunbar. And Zoe almost had an even crazier time because she had only seen the show once. She was working a different show. So she saw the show once and then went in for for the show, which was just crazy. But she was amazing. And there was just this moment, I tell you, where I was playing Vi in the town hall scene. I was playing Vi on the opposite side of the stage that I usually sat in when I play Eleanor. And it was me watching me, like watching Eleanor Dunbar. And it was just this very strange existential crisis I was in in the middle of the show where, but it was, it was totally fine. I mean, everything was fine. It just was a moment of craziness, but yeah. So that was a very 
It was a really great learning experience, though, I tell you that much. I learned so much just from going on as an understudy for a few days. Um, I learned a lot from that role. You know how characters always give you something. You learn something from every character you play, even if it's only four times, you know. So uh, that was a really crazy and wonderful learning experience. Share with us now your most joyous experience since being here at Barter. So one of my most joyful, joyous experiences at Barter has been on my tour of Frosty the Musical. And this was a two-month tour where we toured all around the U.S., really. I mean, um, to a bunch of different states. But I loved sharing and spreading holiday joy. That was a really new experience for me. And there's just nothing more joyful than bringing magic and holiday magic and Frosty the Snowman magic to kids and their families um, throughout uh, November and December. Um, And one of the most wonderful things that I always found about that show was, number one, when kids would gasp or like when Frosty became alive, they would audibly gasp at how magical it was. Or when they would chant his name, they would say, Frosty, Frosty, Frosty. They loved him. That was so magical. And in that show, I played a police officer. So after our shows, we always get to do meet and greet with the people that we share this show with. And People come up to you and and tell you how this show makes them feel every year, how the holidays make them feel. Everyone is just really full of joy and love at the holiday time anyway. And I would have kids come up to me asking if I was a real police officer. We would have kids coming up asking if they could touch the badge. And um, we'd had kids coming up and giving Frosty this huge hug. You know, like it was he was their favorite person they'd ever met. Um, And I had... One experience, it was one of the first shows that we had done. So I hadn't, I think maybe had done two or three of these shows. So it was all very new to me still. And I had actually an older gentleman who came out. He had come alone and he came up to me and just told me how much it meant to him to see this show, to watch this show, because he had seen the other two tours of it. And it had become sort of a tradition for him. And he told me that, you know, how much he missed his family um, and that he often he comes to these alone, but he feels connected, like kind of what we were talking about. He feels very connected to all of us. And and he just wanted to thank us for the work we were doing and for um, bringing that show to his town. That was a really wonderful, joyful experience for me here at Barter. That is very joyous indeed. (laughs) During your free time, you have your own YouTube channel. I do. (laughs) Where you share all sorts of interesting things with us. So Mm -hmm. be sure to check it out, listeners. What sparked your interest in doing that? Okay, so here's the thing. A little story for you all. I have been wanting to start a YouTube channel of my own for about seven years. I have been what you call a lurker on YouTube. I would watch YouTube, but I would never comment. I would hardly ever like a video. I didn't want anybody to know I was there. And it was because I had this weird fear that I would be made fun of for either 
watching YouTube or engaging in YouTube, which is so silly because it's just a social media platform, um, just like any other social media platform. And I started watching YouTube in high school, found I just really loved the people who were on there. I loved the content they were creating. There was so much creativity and, and just cool stuff happening. And then I found a section of YouTube called BookTube. If anybody is aware, it is a great place to find reviews for books <laughs> and different things. And so that's a little bit of what I do on my YouTube channel. I talk about things that I'm passionate about. I talk about books and literature. I talk about theater and I do vlogs of our sort of some of our daily life at Barter Theater. I talk about activism and I talk about kind of like what could change the world, how we can help the world, and also the merits of being a Hufflepuff, which is a very important topic <laughs> of conversation. Um, and so it took me seven years to finally screw up the courage to post a video because I finally realized nobody cares what I do with my life, especially something as something as unassuming as a YouTube channel. And I think my other fear was that maybe like I, I feared that people might make fun of me. They might not get it. My other fear was that people maybe wouldn't listen, wouldn't care what I had to say, wouldn't subscribe or watch, which was another fear that was really silly because I tell you, when you have something to say, there's going to be someone who's going to listen if it's something you're passionate about talking about. Um, well, and how can we find you on YouTube? Uh, you can go onto YouTube and just search my name, Catherine Lyle. That's what my YouTube channel is called right now. It may change eventually, but right now, just search Catherine Lyle and my videos will pop up and you can watch them. Very good. And yeah. I think you can attest that, that people do like them and people do comment on <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, so far. It's been a wonderful And you keep it up. Surprise. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else do you do in your free time? So I have a lot of different hobbies, creative hobbies and, and whatnot, but I actually am a horseback rider and I have been a competitive rider since I was about six years old. Um, I did hunter jumper competitions and I would be competing kind of every weekend uh, at home when growing up. And I have a horse actually. Her name is Belle. She is a Dutch warm blood, in case anybody is interested. She is beautiful and I love her. And she's actually in Harrisonburg right now because I had to fly her from Alaska um, in a FedEx plane. Whoa. FedExed my horse <laughs> um, all the way to Virginia, which was a big, big flight for her, a big, big trip because she's actually from Canada. So she was not used to the heat anyway. Um, and she had never been flown anywhere before. She had been trailered, and that's how generally horses are are um, moved around, is just in a horse trailer um, hitched behind a, a truck or something. And so, <laughs> yeah, she was FedExed. And as far as, I mean, <laughs> she's... Basically what happens is they bring the horses into a big, like, freight... Freight? Cargo into a big cargo plane and there are stalls so they are comfortable and there are people in there to keep them calm because it is obviously not a normal situation for a horse to be in a plane in the sky. Um, but she got here when I was, I brought her over when I was a sophomore in college um, and she, we found a wonderful stable for her and she's still there actually um, right now because I just haven't found a place here yet that she would 
um, love as much as that place. And I also am very, very busy here, so I'm not sure I would have as much time to love on her as I would like to. But she's very happy where she is right now. Yeah. Very good. So what's next for you here at Barter Theater? So next for me is Rudolph. After Clementine, we are doing Rudolph in the Christmas holiday season. And then we'll go off for Christmas break for about two weeks. And then we come back and we are going to start tour for um, for our player tour. And we are doing Call of the Wild and Aesop's Fables, which we are currently now rehearsing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank it's you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been so fun. Thanks, Kenny. Thank you for listening to another episode of Theater Matters. You can hear this podcast live by going to wehcfm.com or tune in to 90.7 FM WEHC each Friday at 1.30 p.m. Don't forget to check out all the fantastic things Barter Theater is doing right now. To see the schedule and purchase tickets, visit our website at bartertheater.com or call and speak to our friendly box office staff at 276-628-3991. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again soon.